Welcome to the Cashflow Ninja, the podcast sharing how to create and grow income streams and manage, multiply, and protect your wealth in the new economy. Are you tired of trading your time for money? Do you desire freedom today instead of retirement in 10, 20, or 30 years? I'm MC Lobsher, and this is the Cashflow Ninja. This is Cashflow Ninja. I'm MC Lobsher, and thank you so much for joining me in another episode of the Cashflow Ninja podcast and spending your most valuable resource, your time with me. In today's episode, I'm going to look at how you can unlock the vault of opportunities that will be available in this post-reset economy. Earlier this year, I did an episode uh, where I shared why you need to reset, recalibrate, and reinvent not only yourself, but also your business. And then I also did a live streaming event for over five hours where I invited uh, many of my entrepreneur and investor friends that shared what they were seeing, how they were spending their time, and, and what they were doing to positioning themselves for what they were seeing coming down the road. If you haven't listened to those, I would highly recommend you do because uh, there was some, uh, some great stuff that they shared. All of those episodes and, and, and th- those pieces of content, along with others, are available at our newly relaunched website at CashflowNinja.com. That's CashflowNinja.com. In today's episode, I'm going to share a couple of thoughts with you. Uh, and my goal here is to get you thinking and have you start to see some opportunities out there because there's going to be plenty of opportunities for all of us if we, um, if we put ourselves in a state and, um, maintain a mindset and also have some clarity. Um, because then, you know, we'll be able to see through having clarity, the dangers that are out there, the opportunities that exist, and know our strengths, our skill sets, our capabilities, um, and how to leverage these skill sets, capabilities, and unique ability that we have to capitalize on the opportunities that will be there. So in today's episode, just I want to preface this conversation, um, there's a lot of anger, a lot of um, divisiveness, um, a lot of fighting on social media and, and in the news. Um, I simply just want to have a conversation and share thoughts. So this is not a political conversation by any means. So sit back, relax, enjoy, and let's just have a, uh, a conversation about what happened, what, where we are at today, and what are some of the things that we should look at, um, uh, to, uh, to potentially capitalize on the opportunities that will be available to us. So in the beginning, when this, this, this virus, uh, originated and then started spreading across the world, the COVID-19 virus, um, uh, which created the pandemic, there was a lot of big numbers thrown around and a lot of the decisions were based on the numbers and the projections at that time by governments and leaders around the world, right? Well, the good news is that a lot of those numbers were completely overstated and um, a lot of the the actual numbers never got anywhere near that. So for example, the rate of infection, the people infected, um, and then also the the deaths, right? The, and, and the people that died as a result of COVID-19, the virus. Um, 
So that's that's the good that's the that's that's the really good news. And the other thing that I would also uh, just share is that um, you know in our networks, and we have many networks around the world, people have been affected by this. It's very very real, um, and people have been uh, impacted and affected by this. The good news is the positive on the positive side that the numbers initially the projections that were out there that was very very scary and had a lot of people being very very fearful we never got anywhere close to that another piece of good news too is there was a, a report released um well this is actually an editorial on the new uh, um through the the new england journal of medicine and this is actually um done by Dr. Anthony S. Fauci, and the title is COVID-19, Navigating the Unchartered. Uh, there's an interesting paragraph here, that which I'll just read. Um, it says, on the basis of a case definition requiring a diagnosis of pneumonia, the currently reported case fatality rate is approximately 2%. In another article in the journal, uh, a re- a reported mortality of 1.4% among uh, 1,099 patients with laboratory-confirmed COVID-19. These patients had a wide spectrum of disease severity. If one assumes that the number of asymptomatic or minimally uh, symptomatic cases is severely times as high as the number of reported cases, the case fatality rate may be considerably less than 1%. This suggests that the overall clinical consequences of COVID-19 may ultimately be more akin to those of a severe seasonal influenza, which has a case fatality rate of approximately 0.1%, or a pandemic influenza, similar to those in 1957 and 1968, rather than a disease similar to SARS or MERS, which have had a case fatality rate of 9 to 10% and 36% respectively. Again, all good news, right? So that's kind of what, what, what's been going on. Now, obviously, the actions that were taken by governments, whether it be uh, federal or local governments, and here in the United States, states uh, have... have tackled this pandemic a little bit differently. Um, but essentially, commerce was completely halted, right? A switch was flipped uh, globally, and the global economy was turned basically turned off. And this has had an enormous impact already around the world. Here in the United States, at the time of speaking, um, there's been over 40 million people that have filed for unemployment, which is a staggering number if you look if you look at um, unemployment numbers historically. It's a very, very large part of the, the population and a very, very large uh, part of the uh, of the work of the workforce, right? Um, there's been a lot of businesses that have already closed doors and uh, filed for bankruptcy or have just dissolved, right? Um, so uh, this has had a massive, massive economic impact already. And one of the things that I shared um, just with with my friends and in, in my community too, in, initially, that yes, it's very scary. This virus, um, it's uh, it's it's. I mean, the projections were very, very scary. Um, but in the end, I fear that um, 
that the economic impact is going to be much, much more damaging and a bigger, much bigger challenge for everyone involved um, when we get through the uh, when we get through the virus um, and um, the the economy starts to open back up again. So uh, a couple of just comments which ties into trends and opportunities. So in the United States, for example, um, the pandemic has been handled very, very differently by every single state, right? They've all had different um, rules, restrictions, and regulations, um, which, um, and they've, they've, they've tackled it differently. Let's just, let's just say it that way. This will have an enormous impact on a couple of things. So we're in election year. Again, it seems like every single year is an election year and every election year is crazy. Um, but there's an election year, not only uh, the presidential election, but also there's a lot of local elections. With the big divide that I mentioned, you can clearly see this in social media. There's definitely a, bi- a very big divide in the United States. And by the way, this isn't just um, uh, the United States. This is globally. It's all over the world. Very, very similar. Like I said, I have many friends in many different places. And you know, I could see the similar things going on on their feeds than on my feed, which is split between South Africa and the United States. But anyway, so there there are local elections. So this will definitely impact local elections, which impacts policy of states, right? So which then ties into uh, the, the trend, which has already been in place in the United States, and it's going to only accelerate. And this this is definitely going to speed it up. People are going to be moving from certain states and people are going to be moving to other states. And they're going to be moving to states which handled this crisis uh, more in line with what and how they wanted it handled, right? That's one thing. And of course, I mean, the trend has been tax, taxes, right? Taxes, taxes, taxes. So state income taxes, uh, state uh, property taxes, and state sales taxes, just to pick three of them, right? People have been leaving states with high income taxes, high property taxes, and high sales taxes. And then there's also even like just local community taxes, right? Um, here where I live, for example, there's a tax on a school, kind of a quote unquote school tax, because it's a, it's a fairly good school uh, district that's very desirable. So people move into this area because of that. And there's a tax on that. People are going to be moving from states with very, very high taxes and very, very high uh, income, property, and sales, which they've done already, but this is just going to speed it up. Okay, so that's definitely something to to, to take a look at. Um, the first thing that I want to touch on is um, bailouts. Um, so big picture, economically, we've already seen that there's been um, checks mailed directly to U.S. citizens, right? Um, so this has been part of the stimulus packages, which um, have been, uh, yeah, have been issued. Um, and there's there's been many of them, and there will be many ahead, is what we can see. This is not going to end anytime soon. Um, but people have directly received checks from the government. Businesses have had some assistance through certain uh, programs. There could be potentially whole entire industries that would need bailouts. Um, that's definitely going to be on the cards. The stock market is another another entity 
that has been basically bailed out, if you want to think about it that way, because it looks like the, the Federal Reserve uh, has just come in and, and, and bought corporate bonds. Um, and they've also, um, it looked like, uh, uh, just put a ton of money back into the market, which is why we haven't seen a total collapse of it, in my opinion. Um, it's essentially, I mean, essentially the, the, the stock markets have been nationalized, if you want to look at it that way. Um, you don't have massive unemployment numbers announced. I think it was a week or a couple of weeks ago where it was over 30 million and the market went up 400 to 500 points that day. There's just a huge disconnect. It doesn't, um, it doesn't require in-depth analysis to know that something is not right here, right? Um, okay. Certain states will be in, 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 in trouble too. And, and a lot of them are already, right? Um, so Illinois, for example, is a state that is in, is in big trouble already. So states might need to be bailed out. Um, so the bailouts will continue. Um, that's one trend that I, that I'm, that I'm, that I'm seeing. Um, and I don't foresee it stopping anytime soon just because, I mean, we literally flipped the switch and, and, and shut off commerce and, and, and paused an economy. And now to start it, uh, restart it again, it's, you're not just going to flip that switch and it goes back on. The economy goes back on and, um, we're right back where we, we left off or where we were before before this pandemic, right? So it's going to be slowed in. And, and every state, again, in the United States is different too. They're all opening in different ways and in different phases and in different levels. There's so many different, um, ver well, yeah, words used around the world. Um, so bailouts will continue. Bailouts will absolutely continue at all levels. Uh, it's not something that we see stopping anytime soon. Um, another thing I also wanted to mention, because we get this question quite a bit, should I buy, you know, should I buy XYZ right now? Do I invest in this? Do I, you know, what do I, what do I invest in? That's, I mean, this is probably a question. If I look through the emails that we received on a, uh, on a daily basis is something that we receive all the time. So yes, um, Let's answer that and address that. And what I do when there's questions like that, by the way, and for many other things in my life, I look at what really, really, really good investors are doing. Um, and as many of you know, I'm a huge fan of, of modeling, um, successful strategies and tactics and, um, behaviors of, of successful people. There was a, um, an interview that Sam Zell did. Um, I believe it was on Bloomberg, which is a phenomenal interview. I would highly recommend it. I, I, it's on YouTube. You could just type in Sam Zell. Um, if you don't know who Sam Zell is, is a billionaire invest, a real estate investor, a very, very successful and smart guy. Um, uh, but anyway, Sam Zell made a really good point too. And he was just talking about how there really truly isn't price discovery right now at play in markets. Because they were asking Sam, Sam, what are you buying right now? And he said, I'm not buying anything because there's no price discovery. You know, there's no, um, there's no trading back and forth at the you and me level. So it's, it's all basically as he was putting it, you know, with financial markets, especially it's side bets. It's, it's people on the one side that are very optimistic that believe that there will be a V shaped recovery. Um, that is very bullish on the, uh, the stock market bouncing back. And on the other side, there are folks looking at this going, ooh, we're in for a tough time ahead. 
and um, they're very bearish. And these are all just side bets going on. Um, there's really no price discovery. So and Sam is basically saying, we really don't know what assets are worth right now because we haven't really gone, you know, the, the economy hasn't opened back up again. And we're in the process at the time of recording of opening up. So there will be this price discovery eventually. But he was just saying, we don't know what things are worth uh, at the moment, or even shortly after we open up, we we wouldn't know. This is gonna be. This is gonna take a while, and then again, um, it's gonna take a a couple of months, right? That's another thing to talk about. Um, businesses, by the way, I'd mentioned that businesses um, through this this process um, have uh, a lot of them are in big trouble. A lot of them uh, will never open their doors again. A lot of them. Uh, might you know will go out of business, um, and a lot of them have already indicated that they're filing for bankruptcy. So big names out there. If you look at big corporations, J.C. Penney, Hertz, um, and then of course there's a lot of small businesses in um, in in niches that have already uh, seen that that they're not going to be able to come back from this. Uh, so if you think about businesses in that that focuses solely on live events, they might be in big trouble. Uh, if you think real estate, commercial real estate, commercial cleaning businesses, um, which there, there's already folks, um, that I know of in, in our network that they're, they're going to have a very, very tough time. So they're going to have to, um, absolutely pivot and make adjustments and look at other opportunities just to be able to stay in business, right? So that's something, uh, to, that that's also going back on. And now in, as we are in the process of opening up, um, there's something else that, that should also be, uh, you know, we should think about when the economy is now opening, opening back up. States in the United States is opening back up. Other countries in the world is opening back up. There's going to be a cost to businesses, which have already struggled big time, uh, just to stay afloat during this time. There's going to be additional costs for them in opening up additional costs in the sense that they would have to, you know, buy moss, cleaning, uh, you know, cleaning uh, materials and, and so forth and supplies. Uh, there's going to be things that they need to, to purchase and invest in upfront before they can even open their door. I have seen online, um, and we know, f um, someone that has a salon too, uh, several salons that, for example, they would need to get certified. I, th I think there was a lot of COVID-19 certifications already. And then there's certain things that they need to do. So, for example, they, they would need, you know, mask, masks and, and, and gloves. And then there's certain procedures that they would have to follow in cleaning up after they've, um, helped one, uh, a customer or a client and before they move on to the next one, right? So there's, there's a lot of things at play. I think small little things that will make a massive difference. Think about restaurants. Restaurants, for example, you know, and we, we don't even, I'm not sure, uh, about the regulate, regulations that different states will have and that different countries will have for restaurants, but I can see that, you know, potentially, um, certain, uh, authorities might just say there has to be a certain space, let's just say, for example, between the tables in the restaurant which then will have restaurants operating not at 100% capacity and have, you know, they would have to get rid of certain tables that are in there, right? So there's going to be a cost of opening up back 
businesses and, and staying with the restaurants, just think about any place, place that food, for example, is being sold. You know, the things that they would have to have in place, which is all overheads that's going to add up um, for, for business owners. So let's talk about a couple of trends and things that we can already see. We have seen during this time that a lot of companies have started to work remote, have their employees work remotely, right? So they just work from home. And by the way, I've been very impressed how big corporations were able to make that switch so quickly and so efficiently and so swiftly and move from basically uh, having employees come in and work in the office to having them work remotely um, and do it in a manner that which the customer or client, which I'm one of, of several corporations, we don't even know the difference. And behind the scenes, everyone was transitioned to work from home. So, you know, that was one thing that I saw during this this um, this pandemic that's a positive, you know. Kudos to a lot of companies that were able to uh, adjust quickly and make that, that, that transition very, very quickly. Um, so that's great. The other thing um, that I would also say uh, about that is we've already seen co- corporations announce now that this is going to be basically how they're going to have people work uh, for them moving forward. So for Twitter said that, you know, employees would work, would stay and work from home. This is a, this is a huge trend and it was going, the trend was, 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 was going towards there anyway, but this is really, really um, expedited it. And this will have a massive impact, for example, on real estate in many, many different ways. So let's talk about that for a second. Um, the real estate trend with that is people usually live close to places where they need to work, right? That is a big reason determining where you live is like, well, my commute to work, right? So they live closer to places where they work. Now, all of a sudden, well, now you can, now you can live anywhere. Right. So you can now live anywhere and still have the same job working for the same company. So what does that mean? Well, big, highly densely populated cities, for example, um, a lot of people are going to be frightened living in them. If you're living in New York City, you can already see there's a ton of news articles of people looking to move out of New York, right? Not to pick on New York, but it's just a big, massive, uh, 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 densely populated city. Where are they going to go? Well, they're going to go to suburbs and they might even move to smaller towns, right? So that is going to be a huge trend. I can see that being a huge trend of people moving out of big cities back to suburbs and also to smaller towns because it doesn't affect uh, where they work. Okay. And, and their commute to work because they're now working from home. So that is definitely a, a huge trend that I can, that I can see there. Um, another thing which impacts, uh, real estate too is, um, people shop, shopping habits. So let's just say for the past, um, you know, two months and maybe even a little bit longer than that. Um, but people have, predominantly shopped online. So Amazon has been a big beneficiary of this, but people have started to learn how to buy stuff online. And although grocery stores have opened up, a lot of people have ordered groceries even online. That is another trend, which is very, very big. So the online shopping thing, I know a lot of us have already done it (laughs) and have already signed up for that, but that's going to continue uh, it's very convenient, number one. And number two, now, especially, you know, still having a little bit of 
um, the shock of the pandemic, you know, maybe people ne don't necessarily want to go into, you know, stores yet, or they don't feel comfortable yet. And that's just a thought. Uh, maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong. Um, so I could see that, you know, because of that too, that's going to impact again, commercial real estate, right? Brick, brick and mortar stores. Um, so they're going to have to find ways of moving things online if they haven't done that already. Uh, restaurants are also in commercial real estate, whether it be strip malls and so forth. So what is it going to look like for restaurant industry? People are still going to go out and eat. You know, that's just, just a, just a thought, but it's going to change. So my question is, you know, what does it look like? What does it look, what do, what do restaurants look like? You know, what do, uh, bars look like? What do, um, what do event spaces look like? Um, uh, what do events look like? Do they go back? Um, will there be restrictions? Um, how, 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 you know, how do, how do events look? Um, we've seen a lot of events move, uh, moved online. And by the way, Zoom, which has been a very big beneficiary uh, during this time of a, of 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 a lot of people utilizing them, um, has a, a great features where you could do online workshops and conferences, and it has a ton of great new capabilities, or maybe it's capabilities that I wasn't aware of. But you can even do breakout rooms in them, right? So how do how do how does Conferences, seminars look like. What do concerts look like? Music concerts. Um, what do all these, uh, you know, these different live events look like? It's going to be interesting. Do they come back stronger than ever? Do they go away? Do people, um, stop going to conferences and seminars? Do people stop, um, going to, to music concerts? Are we going to start to consume uh, music in a different way? Right. Um, so those are, those are just some, 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 some questions that I had, uh, because this is going to get us thinking about this all, um, and thinking what, what are some of the opportunities that, that might, might exist there. Another area of real estate is warehouses. What happens to warehouse space, right? There was already a lot of warehouses built for this, um, warehouse and fulfillment, uh, e-commerce, online shopping kind of trend. What does that look like? I don't have a ton of knowledge of that, uh, that real estate. Will there be an increased demand for more warehouses? That is going to be interesting. Sticking on, uh, the e-commerce kind of, uh, online shopping theme. And I just mentioned, you know, grocery, grocery, uh, uh, shopping has been done a lot online. You know, I can also see that, yes, uh, e-commerce is, is definitely going to keep growing and my, and continue to grow with Amazon obviously being the big platform for that. Um, and then also doing grocery shopping on, on Amazon. There's, there might be other grocery shopping. Uh, platforms or companies that allow you to do that online and then deliver groceries. The food delivery business, I can see being an area of enormous opportunity. Um, people again might just feel comfortable initially of ordering food and having it delivered, um, whether it's groceries or whether it's just meals that uh, pre prepared meals, right? Where there was a ton of different companies that uh, was springing up um, that caught my attention. You know, there was companies doing um, food, prepared food, or even um, 
Uh, they would ship ingredients for you so that you can eat keto or paleo or vegan and so forth. So that was already happening. I can see more and more and more of that potentially. Um, and obviously, um, yeah, I could, I could see that as an area of enormous opportunity. Um, the other thing that also happened during this pandemic is, yes, we were working remote. Um, if we were fortunate enough to do that, we were shopping online. Uh, we were um, consuming all kinds of, of information and entertainment through live streaming services, right? Hulu and Netflix, obviously, being two big ones. Um, so is there an opportunity for businesses now capitalizing on the habits that were created during this pandemic by consumers to build an app for your business and, and add that app to, let's just say, an Apple TV and have um, people access your app to consume some of your content? Just an idea, just, <laughs> just a thought. If you've been to our new website, cashflowninja.com, um, newly relaunched. You've seen that there is something similar to that that we're working on on our end. So there might be a lot of opportunities in the streaming uh, streaming space. And by the way, that then brings back in live events. It brings in public speaking. It brings in online conferences and, and so forth. A lot of opportunities to do that. And it's very scalable too. That's the other thing too um, is um, this kind of virtual communications world that we uh, that we live in and um delivering our value virtually um positions at us to to really really scale our companies i'm a client of strategic coach it's a entrepreneurship uh, coaching company out in toronto and they do in person uh, live workshops, right? They do four a year. Every quarter you go and it's a great experience. You're in a room with other entrepreneurs and investors and business owners. And, um, they do a fantastic job, um, of, of doing these workshops. And it's just a phenomenal experience, a five star experience every single time. Uh, I've, I've, um, I've been up there now. Their business essentially was, was halted because they're looking at this going, well, how do we, we can't do a, these in-person live workshops anymore, but now they're doing them online through a Zoom. So we will get to connect with everyone that's in our group and um, do this through Zoom. Um, next one is in, in June for myself. But now by creating or adding that capability of, of being able to add those workshops virtually, the entire planet just opened up, right? They had clients already flying in. That's our that's how phenomenal the value is that they provide. They had clients flying in already from the UK, from South Africa, from Dubai, from Australia, but now they can actually do and host workshops um, where anyone in the world can basically attend, right? So that's just one thing that they're doing that are, that's already amazing for me to personally see. Um, uh, so it opens up a ton of opportunity. And one of the things that, that Dan Sullivan uh, from Strategic Coach did say is that everything will be bigger in this new economy, post-reset economy. Everything will be bigger. The challenges and problems will be much, much bigger. Therefore, the opportunities will be much bigger. So you got to think much bigger. Everything will be bigger. Um, so I think um, that was a great bit of wisdom that he shared. So what is... Um, uh, what are other pieces of real estate going to look like, right? Multifamily uh, uh, investments. What 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 is the multifamily space going to look like? What is the mobile home space? What's self-storage going to look like, right? Um, 
to mobile home parks and cell storage to a recession resistant um, avenues. What do um, assisted living facilities look like? I don't know. <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see. You know, obviously there was um, uh, there were some COVID cases, COVID nineteen cases in these um, these facilities, and um, unfortunately people passed away in them. So what is what, what what's going to happen in that space? It's going to be interesting to see coming out of it what 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 it's going to look like. Um, what is um, going to happen, for example, to resorts, right? Resort properties, hotels, resorts. What is air travel going to look like, right? What are, what are airports going to look like? And the reason why I'm asking these questions is I want you to think because there might lie some opportunities in all of this. So let's think about it. People used to travel quite a bit, but airlines um, might change completely. Um, and this is what I mean by my by that statement, is the way that we used to fly in an airplane um, changed drastically after 9-11. I came to the United States in 2001. I was here during 9-11. Um, and I remember what it was before 9-11. And I also saw, obviously, what was happening after 9-11. So, um, this, you know, w- w- what is, what is air travel going to look like? We're going to go there. Um, you know, what, steps, extra steps, additional steps would there be for us just to get onto an airplane? How much would the tickets be for for air travel? You know, because a friend of mine just flew up. She had a, a family member, unfortunately, passed away in New York. Um, and um, yeah, a family member passed away. She flew in to New York and it was an overseas flight from the Caribbean. But they had every other seat taped off. So there was an open seat next to every single person. So now the plane was flying at 50% of its capacity, right? What, um, are they going to take out maybe the row in front of you? So there would be even less. So is it now, you know, are you going to fly at 30% of capacity usually? So with what is air? Ticket price is going to look like. Uh, what do airlines look like? Because this has heavily impacted them. Buffett just got out of Warren Buffett just got out of all of his airline shares, right? So it, does he see something coming that we don't know about yet, right? So um, traveling is going to change. Are more people just going to travel by car? Will more more people travel by by bus? Kind of same issue. Maybe they would need to make changes there too. Will more people um, rent RVs? You know, just throwing out an idea there. Would more people rent an RV and travel around the country? Um, so that's kind of interesting to think about too. How wh- how people will travel? What would you know? What would be the frequency? You know, time business travel, which is a huge part of the the travel industry. Um, and how will they do it? What what is the 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 method that they will use? You know, like I said, I threw out cars and RV. Are we gonna go back to doing, you know, the Clark Griswold across country trip like you know, uh, like we had planned and that we've always always wanted to do to go to Wally World, right? By the way, I love that movie and by the way, I love um, uh, the memories that I have of all of the many family vacations I did during my childhood. We used to just get in the car, the five of us, my parents, my brother, my sister, and I, and we would drive literally from Cape Town all the way up north. And um, it was a fin- just great experiences, great, great experiences, quite a memory. And eventually we we upgraded and we went with a combi, right? A Volkswagen combi. So many, many, many memories, uh, family memories. So 
Are many people going to go back to that, for example? Um, traveling industry. So the method of travel and then hotels. What does hotels look like? What does, what do short term rental, uh, rentals look like? Airbnb businesses. You know, what does that look like? How does that affect that? Uh, resorts. Um, and then all the other businesses, right? The cruise lines. What do, what do cruises look like? Um, these are all going to be very interesting. It doesn't, you know, I'm, I would, I would just say it doesn't look very positive for the travel industry and for the airline industry, uh, at least for this year. Um, but we'll see how things play out and how comfortable people are to get traveling and, 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 and travel. So that's definitely something to, to take a look at. Um, and I'm just also going to say tying into and sticking with real estate is that the, um, you know, it's got, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see the migration, as I mentioned earlier, which is a huge trend that's going to speed up. It's going to be very interesting to see, uh, how this trend accelerates of, of people already moving around the country. Um, and definitely something to keep an eye on. So let's talk a little bit about um, businesses and um, yeah, what what was what what's going to happen potentially in businesses. By the way, one of the things that I'm focusing on is um, uh, consuming a lot of content on on how to actually buy an existing business. I believe that this is one of the greatest opportunities to purchase existing businesses in the next year or so, and will be for the coming years, um, because there's several trends at play here. The first trend that is at play is that there was a ton of business owners. You know, if you think of the baby boomer, if you think of the baby boomer generation, uh, there's 76 million of them that was already ready to... Um, yeah, that was ready to retire. And a lot of the business owners, their, their, their retirement basically was their, was, was based on their exit strategy for the business, which was selling the business. So they were going to sell the business, take the money, and that would fund their retirement. Now, obviously we've had the pandemic and obviously financing for businesses too. The lending market is going to be completely different where, um, there, <laughs> There's, they're going to be very wary just lending money and loaning money to buy existing businesses, right? Every, the risk management, um, on managing and, and loans is, I mean, there's going to be a lot of steps taken by banks and financial institutions on their end, right? This provides a, a golden opportunity for people that want to buy existing businesses and people that want to sell existing businesses to come together and negotiate and work out win-win deals um, that would be um, that would put both of them in a great situation where people get to buy existing businesses um, and then people selling businesses would also. Um, through seller financing, for example, be able to get a little bit more for the business than the, what they would get just after the pandemic, right? If they structure it correctly. And that would also alleviate, for example, a tax uh, problem that they might have uh, down the line. So if you're a, if you're a, pers a person selling a business, you can sell the business, get a lump sum, but now you have a tax problem too, 
right? So and and you and and what you got for that business is 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 kept at a certain price. Selling obviously now is a is 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 going to be going to be tough, and your business might be uh, worth a lot less than what it was before the pandemic. So by structuring and negotiating with a potential buyer through seller financing, not only do you take care of that tax problem, but you also might be able to get more for the business than what you would get just um, selling it and getting a fixed price and getting a lump sum of money. So anyway, just a lot of thoughts there that I have. I think there's going to be a ton of opportunities to negotiate win-wins between the buyer and the seller. And by the way, in a situation like that too, another win-win would be is interests are still aligned even after the sale because the seller of the, the business want the buyer to succeed and they are very much the payments uh, for the business of which they sold to them is dependent on the success of the buyer. So it could be, again, if, if you bring abundance to it and a worldview of abundance, it could be a win-win and a great situation for the buyer and the seller. So that's what I mean by talking about opportunities. It's not taking advantage of people. It's negotiating win-wins and buying businesses uh, with um with deals and terms that are mutually beneficial for all of the parties that are involved. Um, so let's talk about businesses for a while. There's going to be interesting things happening there. Another thing, another uh, a piece of business that did really well during this time between, besides Zoom, besides Amazon, is the fitness equipment industry and the, the online uh, training uh, um, fitness industry. So I actually, in the beginning of this year, I, um, I bought a, a, a rower and a treadmill from a company, which I use. And I was actually just going on to order additional, a, a part for, for one of, for, for the rower and went online. And I saw on their homepage that there was already a backlog on the, the treadmills and the rowers that's on there. So th there's now a waiting period just if you buy it, which leads me to believe that a lot of people were buying fitness equipment for their homes. So that was an industry that, that, that did well. Uh, a lot of people also started working out at home. Um, so there was a lot of different training exercise, uh, programs and so forth. I think like, um, you know, it was a P90X and, and insanity was like two programs that really, really took like the home workouts to another level. Um, so there's going to be a ton of opportunities. I, st I still believe for folks. Um, in that space, because I don't know what gyms are going to look like when they open back up. Do people just go back to gyms right away and start working out like nothing ever happened? Is, are there less people going, uh, to gyms? Um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see. You know, I don't know what the answer is. It's going to be interesting. Um, another industry that I is poised for enormous growth is telemedicine. So a lot of doctors have communicated via Zoom and have done Zoom calls with their patients, you know, and it, and, and it's, it worked out pretty well. You know, we actually had a consult with, with a doctor and with a nutritionist. So this is something that they can then utilize to, to, to also scale practices. So there's an enormous opportunity, I believe in there. And, and, and I've, seen um a couple of people write about it now i'm a subscriber to a ton of uh, different newsletters and this is something that they've identified as well
Staying in the medical services field, this is also an area uh, that will be interesting to see what happens, for example, to hospitals. There's been a lot of hospitals um, that um, are running into some financial issues because of uh, of the pandemic. So there was a lot of hospitals that um, were preparing for a massive influx of COVID-19 patients, but it never happened, right? So that's going to be interesting to see. Um, and then also urgent care centers are also going to be interesting to see. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with dentists and orthodontists. I don't know. I just, I do know that every one of us still need work done on our teeth, right? That doesn't, it, it that didn't, doesn't change. Um, and you're going to go, um, have to go see a dentist and you're going to go have to go see an orthodontist. So that is going to be very, very interesting stuff to see. Um, another thing that happened was, um, education. During this time, um, children have been at home, right? With parents and teachers have been teaching online through different, uh, mediums, um, and educating students. Uh, that are at home with parents. Uh, by the way, it's been a very challenging time for everyone, right? So you've had parents, working parents, having children at home that they have to make sure and, and, and look after that they, that they log on and attend school. And then you've had teachers that, um, educate the children then from wherever they are all virtually. And a lot of teachers that we know too, they also have children. So it's been a challenging time for sure. Um, but anyway, staying on education, there is an enormous opportunity here for entrepreneurs to come in and provide massive amount of value uh, to the marketplace because there, this is an area that is just ripe for disruption and has been for a while. Maybe this whole new economy and post-reset economy will force uh, the changes um, but it's been, it's been ripe for disruption. There's been a massive surge in the homeschooling movement, by the way. A, a lot of people have chosen to homeschool children instead of sending them to public schools. Um, so that has uh, been a trend that has been accelerating already, even before this. So it's going to be interesting to, to see and watch what happens here. You know, just think about it uh, this way. Um, children are going back to school. Um, there's going to be a ton of things that teachers have to do, um, to, um, you know, to, to, uh, put in place. Um, I'm sure there's a ton of regulations just from a, a, a hygiene perspective, let's just say from an hygiene angle of things that they would have in place, right? So it's going to be very, very tough. So there will be folks stepping in and looking at the problems that are uh, in front of them and find very creative ways to solve those problems. So um, by the way, colleges too, this is something to watch. I think that there's going to be a lot of financial trouble for a lot of colleges. I think that there's certain colleges that will even, um, uh, take over other colleges, but yeah, there, there's going to be some massive, ma massive financial crisis in colleges. I I'm seeing because the money is just not going to be that easy to, uh, to loan to students to pay for tuitions. Right. Plus I think a lot of people are starting to realize during this time that, um, college, especially, I mean, didn't equip most people for the world that they were entering after college that existed before the pandemic. There's just no way that colleges are going to adapt and quick enough to adapt to the world uh, of which we're entering right now to adequately prepare students 
for this new world. Whatever you want to learn, whatever skill you want to acquire, there is a there's a teacher online waiting for you, right? And I think, by the way, too, that we'll go back to how it was. If you read up on the founding fathers of the United States, uh, Benjamin Franklin, um, which is a very interesting character, for example, became an apprentice at a printer, right? So you would look at what I think is going to happen is we're going to figure out what we want to do in life. We're going to find people that are already doing it and already successful at doing it and we're actually going to go work for them, become an apprentice, learn the skills, learn the business, pursue excellence in our craft daily, and pursue mastery of whatever we're trying to whatever we're trying to do and become. So, yeah, I think that there there's there's massive massive opportunities uh, for disruption in education. Food supply chains have been heavily disrupted. And this is a danger, by the way, to all of us. So if you don't have six months of emergency food, I would highly, highly, highly recommend it. Um, actually, one of the sources that I use for my six months emergency food, you can access at cashflowninja.com forward slash food. I highly recommend that you just have it there. It's it's insurance. I hope to never, ever, by the way, eat my emergency food. It doesn't look very tasty, but in times right now, we've, we already have seen massive increases in the prices just of food. Think of meat. I can see this happening more and more um, because of the disruptions to food supply chains. Just go to your favorite um, search browser and type in meat processing plants closing. You'll see articles upon articles. This is not covered really in the news, what's going on to the food supply chain. So that's a danger that's out there. A couple of other thoughts. Families, I think this has been a gift to families to reconnect with one another. Uh, it's been a gift for uh, people to connect with their significant others. It's been a gift for parents to connect with children, spend time together, quality time. Um, and I think we're always going to look back at this time and think, wow, that was actually great. That was awesome because we life is back to nor normal. It's crazy. Um, there's many things going on um, that maybe the children grow up quick and they're out of the house all of a sudden. And you're always going to think back to the time of this global pandemic that you got to spend with your family. So absolutely a gift. So um, cherish, cherish these times, right? Um, and then on the individual level, just a couple of comments there too. You know, individuals, we've, we have over 40 million people that filed for unemployment the first time. And by the way, this doesn't include people that don't qualify for unemployment, right? There's a lot of cash businesses. Um, just think of restaurants. Um, you know, think of, uh, um, waiters and, 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 and bartenders. And I mean, you could think of all of the, the, the jobs that, that is, um, that are out there, uh, which folks operate in that they don't qualify for unemployment. So I would say it's five to 10%, even more people. Um, this is going to have a massive, massive impact. There's going to be, but I mean, there's already many businesses going out of business. There's many, um, uh, small businesses closing. Um, there's going to be a ton of bankruptcies. Um, there are going to be a lot of debt default. I mean, just think about it. We were up into our eyeballs. Uh, collectively as a, so a society and debt, consumer debt too, not, not good debt. Um, so 
financially, there's going to be a lot of people very, very hard hit. Um, this is going to lead to a ton of other stuff. I mean, um, this is almost another podcast, but we could think about where the majority of people uh, ha- have their wealth in their homes and in qualified retirement plans, right? Which, yeah, the markets have come back a little bit, but they've taken a beating in qualified retirement plans. We'll see what happens in the housing market too, in the single family, especially market. Um, that's going to be interesting to watch, by the way, too. You have 76 million baby boomers that is looking to downside and sell the McMansions that they were living in. Then you have small uh, investors own um, uh, uh, parental properties across the United States, single family. Um and they didn't get a bailout, by the way, from the from the Fed. So, um, and they're going to have people renting from them that got laid off um, and are unemployed and unable to make rent, right? And then people paying mortgages and the houses that they live in that got laid off or they had to close their businesses, and they're going to be in a situation where they're going to be unable to pay their mortgage. So you have these, and then of course the trends too of people leaving or highly populated areas and moving to other areas. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I don't have a crystal ball. These are just things that I'm looking at saying, oof, this is going to be interesting how it plays out. Um, and then we have, um, financial institutions already raising, uh, for example, uh, the criteria on which you can qualify for, let's just say mortgages, right? So I think it's JP Morgan Chase that already raised their, um, uh, the credit scores to 720 and you have to put 20% down. Even with historically low interest rates, that's still tough for folks to come, for the majority of people to come up with. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens to the housing market. And this is, by the way, one of the primary savings vehicles for retirement for 76 uh, million baby boomers. So that's going to be interesting, uh, definitely to take a look at the pension crisis, which is coming, which this, it has been coming for a while, by the way. Um, Robert Kiyosaki's got a new book out, Who Stole My Pension? Would highly recommend you read that. Um, this has been coming for a while. That book was written before this crisis. It's just going to speed it up. So, um, this is going to impact a lot of public and private pensions that people were depending on. So, which could roll another domino, knock down another domino of a massive retirement crisis. So, a financial, financial crisis, a, um, housing crisis, a pension crisis. Again, a lot of challenges ahead, but there's a ton of opportunities here uh, to come in and provide value to the marketplace and and um, position yourself, right, and your business to not only survive this, but to thrive. Those are just some thoughts. And again, individuals too, this is why be you need to be the person of value for your community, my friends. You know, we talked about the five stages of grief, right? Where the first thing, you know, people are com- in complete denial. They're shocked. Um, then they get angry. Um, then they start to bargain and negotiate. Then they become depressed. And then eventually they accept. A lot of people are not going to get to the fifth step. And a lot of people, by the way, are already not to the fifth step. Um and we could just look at the numbers that are out there. There's the statistics, which I don't have to throw statistic after statistic at you, but they're the increases in the suicide hotlines already during this time has been off the charts. I mean, I saw an 8,000% increase, um, for example, 
if you look this up on your favorite search engine, um, in Los Angeles, a Los Angeles hotline surged as much as 8,000% just in, uh, in the past month. So there's already a lot of people suffering. Um, there are a lot of people that are going to struggle, f- um, mentally. Um, uh, they're going to try and find crutches, you know, drugs uh so drug abuse will 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 climb um they're going to turn to alcohol they're going to turn to other things so be the person of value uh, the way to provide value which i found during uh, times of crises such as this is to get people through the five stages of grief as quickly as possible get them to acceptance to step five and help them build a bigger and better future right away that's the that's one of the things that that uh, that we have absolutely tried to do as best as we can um, on our end. Um, I want to talk a little bit about um, some opportunities that are out there too. Some opportunities for um, industries. Um, so we talked about how this is going to be a phenomenal time to purchase an existing business. What existing business um, should you buy or should you look at buying? You know, the, uh, here's just a couple of ideas. You know, uh, I was I was writing down some thoughts of okay, what businesses do well in a recession? There's a couple of businesses that will do well in recessions, right? Um, and it's it's your it's your it's your basic stuff. So uh, some businesses that come to mind: plumbing, HVAC, roofing, insulation, dog care, pet care. People love their pets. Um, death care service. Um, Weddings, children, activities with children, um, the health and fitness is not going away. There's some insurance industries and, and businesses that are that are recession proof as well. Maybe you could think of a couple of others. I'm just throwing out some here. Um, what are uh, uh, businesses poised for growth? I, I mentioned telemedicine already, but think of virtual businesses and things that could go virtual. Um, and this might be an, a massive opportunity for consultants too, of um, how do you take an existing business that's online, uh, offline rather, and take it online? You know, Or even if you're a bricks and mortar type of business, how do you add a symbiotic cash flow stream and income stream for that business by adding an online and virtual element to it, right? So my dad, um, for example, teaches karate. He's the he's the real ninja in the family, um, the martial arts ninja. And no one no one is training right now with him. He travels throughout the world globally, eight to ten countries a year. Teaches all over the world. That has all been called off. So now he's doing um, trainings and 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 um, his usual teachings. He's doing that, filming that, and then actually students uh, then train uh, alongside with them. So he's actually doing a, a seminar, a, a a gashku as they call it, uh, online fully. So there there's a lot of ways to do uh, and take things which are which are done offline and take it online and there's going to be more and more opportunities you can be that person to help people do that huge opportunity right there those are just some thoughts on on businesses maybe you can add a couple the same with real estate there's a ton of opportunities there we mentioned self storage and mobile home parks as recession proof uh assets um you know we've we've spoken to uh, a life settlement fund uh, manager, life settlements, another thing that, that has not really been impacted through this, this pandemic. Um, so 
Yeah. Are there investments? Are there deals? Um, absolutely. There, there always are. We just have to look a little bit harder for them. The easy money is gone. The easy, um, the easy investments, uh, is gone. Um, we're going to have to, we're going to have to know what we're doing and be very, very creative, um, in identifying opportunities. And I just want to touch on something else again. We've mentioned what people should do, uh, for a while in preparing for this. Cash, cash, cash. When you cannot get to cash flow, the next best thing is cash. You're going to need cash for runway, um, and to get your business, to get your business off the ground again in soaring. You're going to need cash for, uh, investments. Cash, cash, cash is going to be very, very important. Um, access to credit, credit lines. Um, that's another thing which we want to establish. I talked about how we personally and a lot of people in our network maxed out our overfunded life insurance policies to have your money in a safe place because we don't know how safe banks are at the moment. I'm not saying there's going to be a banking crisis, but you have to prepare for one uh, if there is one, right? So, if there is a banking crisis, where's your money? Remember the risks, right? Political risk is huge. Then it, uh, then it's economic risk. Then it's market risk. And then it's institutional risk. You don't want to have your money in the right asset, but with the wrong institution, um, which a lot of people found out during the last financial crisis, which there were people that shorted the market, but that their money in brokerage accounts with Bear Stearns and Lehman Brothers. So figure out where your money's at. You need to, completely, completely know where every single cent is right now. So cash, 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 having access to credit lines, um, having your money in a safe place. If it's in a bank, we wouldn't keep a lot of money in there, number one. And number two, if you have money in a bank, split them in different accounts and even split them amongst uh, banks. Um, having some wealth insurance, gold and silver, absolutely. Um, we have also... I've taken a position in some cryptos for exposure two cryptos that um that have uh that have that are very interesting obviously bitcoin is 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 the is the gold standard still in the crypto space but then there's also privacy coins such as monero which is interesting again not saying this is for everyone there are folks that have uh, looked at crypto as a hedge for inflation. Uh, Paul Tudor Jones actually came out and said that he is putting some of his portfolio and putting that into crypto be, uh, for as a hedge for inflation. That was that was big. One of the very very well respected and big time players on Wall Street come out and says that he's putting some of his money in Bitcoin as a hedge for inflation. Robert Kiyosaki has spoken about that now too, which is another big name coming out. I'm mentioning that as another option for a hedge, right? Um, then, um, yeah, th then of course, I mean, one of the other things that we're, that we're looking at still is continue to recapture and looking at money leaks because it doesn't go away. <laughs> you know, wealth management and managing your own money and your own wealth is a, it's, it's not a set and forget. You gotta, you gotta do this actively every single day. So we are always looking at ways that we, to figure out if we have cash flow leaks or not. I had Tim Francis on the show. Tim Francis is phenomenal. Uh, very talented guy, very smart guy. I, I learn every time, um, I, um, 
I spent some time with him and I had him on the show and he talked about how the importance of knowing your numbers and he did a free training for our community, which was phenomenal. Um, which the, the emails that I got from that, he put this out for free, by the way. Yes, there's, there was an option to, to buy a course, but doing an hour plus training, giving away calculators and everything, um, is, uh, you know, that, that's just how Tim is. If you missed that, by the way, you could go to cashflowninja.com forward slash K-Y-N. Know your numbers. So K-Y-N. He is actually uh, doing a Know Your Numbers live course, June 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, which I bought the the course from him um, with the coupon or discount code CASHISKING. You get 50% off. So it comes to just under 500 bucks. I'm doing it live for three days because of the value that I just see that he provides. So if you want to do the course live with me for three days, I'm going to be on there. Um, we're going to be sharing back and forth amongst all of us that's, that's doing this virtually. So you go to cashflowninja.com forward slash K Y N and the discount code is cash is King. I'm going to be in the training because I believe in it. And I only share things with my community that I do personally and believe in. So I'll be on there. Uh, and I look forward to seeing a lot of you, uh, in there with me. Um, then I also just want to close this episode by sharing that this is going to be extremely, extremely challenging times for, it's not going to be easy. It's going to be very, very challenging. And because of the challenges and the problems that are so big, the opportunities that, that will be presenting itself will be just as big. And, um, this is, this is the age of the entrepreneur. This is the time for entrepreneurs. Um, there's a, a quote from uh, John Baptiste, um, and he defined an entrepreneur as being someone that takes resources from a lower le- lower level to a higher level of productivity. And you you know one of the things that Strategic Coach also talks about is utilizing the raw materials that you have available to build something great and 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 amazing. The raw materials are the challenges and the problems and everything that's out there. So take these raw materials, add your skill set, your capabilities, and your unique ability to it, and your own flavor, and build something amazing. This is your time. You can do it. Um, again, it's not going to be easy, but nothing that is easy is worthwhile in the end. And I know you have it inside of you to utilize all of these things that you've learned on our show. There's over 600 episodes. So the skill sets that you've added during this time, the capability uh, capabilities that you've added, utilize that, grab these raw materials, lean into it, embrace it, and build something spectacular, something that could change the lives of people around you, your family, your communities, and the marketplace. That's my show for today. I appreciate every single one of you. Uh, I, I, I appreciate the emails. I appreciate the support. Um, and, uh, this is going to be a great, an amazing, amazing time. And thank you so much for spending your most valuable resource, your time with me. As always, my friends, love your freedom, love your legacy on your terms. 
This presentation is for educational and informational purposes only. The information being presented and considered does not consider your particular financial objectives or situation, and it does not make personalized recommendations. This material is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified tax and legal advisor or other qualified professionals, and you should not use the information in place of a customized consultation with a licensed professional regarding your specific personal financial objectives. situation and needs. We believe the information provided is reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, timeliness, or completeness.